been it's been so long however i just realized that i deleted us saying hello so this has just started from us going oh my god it's been so long so do we want to say hello <laughs> um you go first hello my name's asia and my name's Mamphis. and we're audacious aunties <laughs> No, we don't say we're. You you say and this is. Oh, sorry. Yeah, I thought it sounded wrong. Anyway, the point is that this is Audacious Aunties and this season is very exciting. Uh, I think it's going to be quite experimental as to like the medium in which we portray this art form. Um, but it is music, which is really great. Yay! <laughs> exciting things that we're going to be doing is not actually providing you with the music (laughs) (laughs) as everyone knows we are very scared of copyright and it also turns out that there is reason for this so we are not allowed to play a single second of the music that we are listening to to you so what's going to happen is we'll like we did with art Exactly, it just, it is what it is. Free piano! Exactly. And, and you know, I will happily, I was going to say I'll happily try and imitate the music, but I feel like that could end quite offensively, so maybe not. Yeah. Um, we can try. I'm up for that. Yeah. Um, anyway, so this episode, we're, the, we're kicking off the season, because, you know, it's been like a while, so I felt like I'm a bit out of practice. You know, I'm trying to like polish my rusty. I'm out of practice with researching anything because, like, (laughs) I'm actually quite astonished with how much I rely on Wikipedia for this episode. But you know what? We vibe. Um, Are you are you for real though? Because like this is the episode where this is going to be the only episode where we're talking about music that we actually know about. Yeah, but just because I know about, I know of, okay, when I say I know about this music, like, I listened to it, that that doesn't mean I necessarily have any knowledge on it, which is actually kind of sad, and you know what, if my dad is listening to this, father, I am so sorry at my lack of interest in actually listening to anything that you, okay, so, I'm not gonna like go on about this. <laughs> the world's smallest violin to my soft story. Yeah, I dedicate a whole five minutes to your Um. Anyway, the point is that it is what it is. But I'm gonna instead of we always do this where we talk about what the theme is without actually saying what the theme is. So. Yeah, so really, we're actually doing really well at settling back into how audacious on two before. That's true, chaos all around, and that's beautiful. Um, yeah. So today's... Oh. No, I was going to say what today's theme is, so you go first. That continues the episode, whereas I am not saying... I was just going to say, the thing is, we listen to this music, this is the only music that we actually listen to, the rest of the music we're not going to know anything about. Mm. So, if it was hard for you to research this, 
It's going to be interesting for me next week, half an hour before the episode. I'm believing us all. But that's, uh, as we like to remind our listeners, Audacious Aunties isn't about detailed insightful discussion it is a springing board for everybody to discover their own affinity with the art form that we're talking about definitely i think the the biggest thing with knowledge is opening the door to begin with you know exactly like if you don't know what you need to be learning about then you have nowhere to start exactly this is like the whole point of this podcast and we've never been shy about this we've always been very clear that it's like an introductory podcast where we're not experts we're discovering with you exactly it's always like we're the gatekeepers of knowledge but we're not we're not the gatekeepers maybe the gate openers the bodyguards the security guards for the gates but we're really nice security guards that let anybody in (laughs) Yes, because knowledge is for everyone. It okay, is. let's go to this week's episode. Yes, because we've given ourselves an almost eight minute introduction. So, um, okay, so today's episode is about the art form Kavali, and I'll be speaking about um, one particular, a couple of particular artists, and then a couple of songs and about the art form in general. So, cool. let us get started. Um, this is so exciting. Also, listeners, this is the first time that we're recording this, like, on my laptop as opposed to Manvis, so I'm just trying to, like, navigate technology, so let's all hope for the best. Am I right, kids? Now, I've... That's all the shoes more in this Cavalis, we're gonna do this. I really believe in us. Here we go. You know, like, the stress of being the person leading the episode, and you just feel like... Anyway, um, okay, so... Actually don't know anything about it, so you are just relying on reading from Wikipedia. Yeah. So Gavali comes from the Arabic word Gaval, which means like an utterance of the prophet. And Gavali is like someone who repeats that utterance and like it's a repetitive style of um, performance. And originally, so it's sort of within most popularly performed and associated with Sufi music and Sufi is a um, very well-known like sect of Islam and so originally Gavali was performed at Sufi shrines and dargahs throughout the south throughout South Asia and the Indian subcontinent and then it slowly like in the late 20th century began gaining mainstream popularity and like an international audience particularly in the west and originally, quite interestingly, Gavali wasn't allowed to be performed with musical instruments. It could only be like performed with your mouth. However, I would argue that the throat is a musical instrument. Do you get me? Yeah. Yeah, so I'd... <laughs> I'm just saying to all these naysayers, they don't even know what musical instruments are. It's like the the original, the OG musical instrument. But anyway, that's very human supremacist of you, actually. Uh, thank you. Is it? I don't know. Loads of animals have throats. <laughs> what the hell, man? Birds have throats that they sing their music from. Why don't we bring birds into this then? Oh my god. That would be really cool. Like bringing many. Um, I mean. I mean, we could have our own art form based on like throats of various species. 
to be honest, I feel like... Please cut out me saying fruits and berries. <laughs> I've never. But I, I, there must be an art form out there that, like, like uses nature as its musical instrument. Yeah, I know there's also that thing that people do where they imitate nature but still with their own fruit. Oh yeah, that's so true. Anyway, the point is that the Cavalis weren't originally allowed to use musical instruments because of complicated Islam stuff that we're not going to really get into. But eventually modern performers um, managed to justify the use of Kavali by saying that the Sufi saints don't stop them from using them near their shrines, so that must mean that they're accepted. And these instruments include harmoniums, tablas and dolks, and un- a common use in Kavali parties. And a Kavali party is uh, like a group of traditionally eight to nine men who will be playing their instruments and like performing the Kavali and they'll normally be a lead man who is the leader of the party. Um, is, is a woman like ever? So, speaking of a women, um, Women, so women used to be excluded from traditional Muslim music since they're prohibited from singing in the presence of men. Um, but these traditions have changed. And there is one female singer that we'll talk a bit more about later as well called Abda Parveen. She has um, sort of slowly started to break into the Qawwali industry because although Qawwali remains exclusively a male art form and there's no necessarily mainstream female gavals uh Abda Parveen is a gafi singer which is like a form that's like similar to gavali and like comes under that general umbrella of music and she's increasingly incorporated gavali techniques within her performances so she's probably the closest we have to a popular female gavali singer oh that's really cool i'm excited yeah so there are Gavalis are classified in different ways, and the three most like popular forms of Gavali are Ahamd, which is Arabic for praise, and that's a song in praise of Allah. And um, traditionally, most Gavali performances start with Ahamd as like a section of the Gavali. Another category is Anath, and this is Arabic for description, and this is often a song in praise of the Prophet Muhammad wasallam and the opening which is the hamd is traditionally then followed by a nath. And then the final category, which is the most well-known, is a khazal, and this is Arabic for love for love song. And there are, like, lots of extended metaphors that run through khazals, um, such as the agony of separation from the beloved or the joys of drinking, which I think is quite interesting, but here we are. Um <laughs> Exactly. Hydration is key, am I right, kids? <laughs> Stay hydrate. Have you drank a glass of water today? Uh, I've drank many. Really? That's so good. It's one of my worst. No, I have. I drank tea and then I drank water with my lunch, so I have had some water. Okay. Anyway. Um. <laughs> I think it's a really admirable quality. Um, so if you're listening to this and you drink lots of water, you're doing great, sweetie. Like, you're doing better than most people. Um, 
So often these performances feature exquisite poetry, and I don't know if people remember um, back in season two, so this is a real throwback, we spoke about the Urdu poet Fares, Emmet Fares, and a lot of his poetry has also been sung in, um, like, in Ghazal form. Uh, oh, that's really cool. And is there a specific kind of, like, beat or rhythm to go with that poetry? Yeah, so I was going to talk through the, 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 the how uh, Gavali is, is sonically structured in a moment. Um, so, uh, yeah. <laughs> we should bring you some musical terms before we start this season, but let's keep on going. I believe in us all. Um, Quickly back to Ghazals. Um, in the context of Kavali, these songs of intoxication and yearning use secular metaphors to express the soul's longing for union with the divine and its joy in loving the divine. And intoxication and intoxication wine represents the knowledge of the divine, and the cupbearer is like God or a spiritual guide, and the tavern is a metaphorical place where the soul um may like achieve spiritual enlightenment so there's like sort of these metaphors extended metaphors that link to different situations but all of the metaphors are to do with divine and sp- divinity and spiritual enlightenment but agafi finally agafi which is the kind of poetry that um Abda Parveen, who was the woman I was talking about earlier, is a poem in Punjabi Saraiki or Sindhi which is a unique style of poets um that forms a type of Gawali as well and perhaps the most well-known one that also has a Coke Studio version of it is Meri Piyagar Aya. I love that. Um, um, but also, so Kuali is, uh, is there a typical language in which they are sung or can they be sung in like Punjabi or Urdu or Arabic or any kind of... Yes, so a Gawali is traditionally, I have this somewhere, a list of the languages in which it's sung in um oh i found it okay there are that the most common languages in which they're sung are persian urdu hindi bengali and punjabi ah interesting yeah mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. um yeah so the most well-known artist in this discipline is Nusrat Fateli Khan. He is an icon indeed, and he is often referred to as Shahen Shah er Gawali, which means the King of Kings of Gawali. Um, I know, right? And he was born October 1948, so a year after partition, which I just thought was like quite interesting, I don't know. Um, and he is in Faisalabad. And he was a Pakistani vocalist, musician, composer, and music director. And he's considered to be one of the greatest Sufi singers in um, the Punjabi and Urdu language. And generally, he is widely credited with introducing Qawwali music to international audiences. And like loads of Western artists, super respected um, Nusrat Fateli Khan, par exemple, Jeff Buckley cited Nusrat Fateli Khan as a major influence, saying he's my Elvis. Um, oh, no, that is wild. I mean, I, I, ha- I don't know Jeff Buckley like fully, but I've listened to a few of his songs, and I, 
I wasn't expecting that, but it's now making me want to explore it more. Mm, other, other, like well-known artists of that time, because Nusrat Fateh Khan died in 1997, and so other artists of that time that really respected him not just of that time just generally that have like spoken about him as an influence are Zayn Malik um Muck Jagger uh Joan Osborne yeah generally lots of like western artists basically really respected this man um yeah so continuing with his life um so the tradition of Gavali was passed down in the family, and I thought this was like quite interesting. Um, and particularly in the Fateh Ali Khan family, um, it's been like for successive generations for almost 600 years, this family have been involved in the art of Gavali. But interestingly, initially, Nusrat Fateh Ali Khan's father did not want him to follow the family's vocation, and he had his heart set on Nusrat choosing a much more respectable career path and becoming a doctor or an engineer because he felt that Qawwali artists had low social status. However, Nusrat Fateh Khan showed such an aptitude and an interest in Qawwali that eventually his father relented, much to the delight of all of us because obviously he's a great musician. Um, and then... Literally. And like, if, the, if, if any parents are listening to this podcast, really, I think the only parent that does is my mother, but here we are. Hi, mum. Um, he, he was, if, you know, his father allowed him to p- pursue his life's passion. And look what happened in that beautiful place. Okay, so the point is, parents, let your kids do what your kids want to do. Exactly. So he was signed by Oriental Star Agencies in Birmingham, England, in the early 1980s. And he went on to release movie scores and albums across Europe, India, Japan, Pakistan, the US. He toured around the world in over 40 countries. And generally, it's just like one of the world's like most... He's one of the well, most well-known world music artists. So basically, an artist outside of the Western world. If you, if you ask somebody, they'll probably have heard of his name. Um, That's so cool. That's so, so impressive. I know, right? So some of his most popular compi- compositions and um, performances that he's credited for include The Mast Kalandar, Afreen Afreen, and Ye Jo Halka Halka Surur Hai. And all of these, you, I believe you can find on Coke Studio. And the Mastakalandar is like, that song is, that Gavali is probably one of the like central tunes of my childhood. Because like, so like whenever I would like go on long car journeys with my parents, we would just play Gavalis all day, all night. Like every long car journey would just be us listening to Gavalis and my parents like vibing it vibing to it and me trying to sleep in the back of the car and I wish that I'd appreciated it more at the time but you know once you've like listened to them like I c- if you start playing Cavalli I'll like most likely know the lyrics and vibe to it and the Mastakalanda is such a tune it's like like when I read it like I, it just got stuck in my head but like that's a tune um yeah so that's Nusrat Fateh Khan I was thinking oh yes now let's go on to the structure of Gavali. 
suggestions that I've just given all you really need to do is type at, you can maybe even listen to them whilst I'm explaining the structure of Kavali or just like listen to this section where I talk about how Kavali is structured after you've listened to the song so that you can like really like put it together in your mind um so the structure of Kavali so they normally start with an instrumental prelude where the main melody is played on the harmonium accompanied by the tabla and there's then like improvised variations of the melody alongside it then comes the alap a long tonal improvised melody during which the singers intone long notes um in the raga of the song to be played and then the lead singer begins to sing some preamble verses which aren't typically part of the main song but they're related thematically and they're often sung unrhythmically and they're also often improvised and after the lead singer sings a verse one of the side singers will repeat that verse maybe with his own improvisational aspects to it and then after a few of these verses are sung this will lead into the main song and as the main song begins the tabla and the dolk and the clapping begins and all the members join in and the singing of the verses that constitute the whole of the performance are sung and the lyrics of the main verses are never improvised um and these are traditional songs sung by many groups and um whilst the lyrics are never improvised the tunes can and the framework of the main melody can maybe be slightly adapted depending on the singer and the group um the kind of means that you know what's what song to be expecting but never exactly what you're going to get from it and how it can be changed exactly it's a nice familiarity but without it being boring or repetitive exactly like every performance of that song will be different in some way and unique so you can never get bored of it um as the song proceeds the lead singer one of the side singers may break out into an alap and Nusrat Thali Khan also popularized the interjection of a sargam and that means that the song usually builds in tempo and passion which each singer trying to outdo the other in terms of vocal acro- acrobatics and it then it will like bring a crescendo and get more and more energetic and then usually the song suddenly ends oh yeah i like it that's really cool one of my favorite facts was um the reasons why it suddenly ends sorry for putting it say sorry i don't know if there is that i suppose somebody who's much more well versed in the structure of gavalis would know but i myself am not entirely sure um yeah 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 so gavalis are obviously very very different in style to western singing styles like i don't think you could get more different one of my favorite facts is um his powerful vocal because obviously you have to be an incredibly powerful singer in order to be able to um you know do these performances and nusrat Ali khan some of his most powerful vocal presentations could last up to 10 hours I know. That's incredible. 
which is super intense. Yeah. Oh. I was about to say, sorry, someone was just trying to call me. Um, it's like, I was about to say he's got the gift of the god, but I don't mean saying in that, like, context, where it can often be like, oh god, he just talks all the time. <laughs> wow. He can, like, he's what lung capacity. I know, right? Honestly. So, I was just actually checking the time and we're 28 minutes in. Um, quickly going on to Avda Parveen, because I wanted to speak about a female singer as well this episode. Um, so, Avda Parveen is where Nushat Tari Khan is known as the King of Kings of Kavali. Avda Parveen is often known as the Queen of Sufi music. Um, and she sings in Urdu, Sindhi, Saraiki, Punjabi, Arabic and Persian. And that's incredible. And can she also speak these languages as well? I would assume so if she can sing them. Because to I guess in order to sing something you have to really understand that what you're singing. So you would naturally learn the language. Um Yeah, so she was bestowed the Pakistan's second highest civilian award in 2012 and then subsequently the highest civilian award, the Hilal Imataz. In in 2021, just the march that just went. Um, So yes, Queen, we stan you, go you. Um, So she's really incredible as a person, like genuinely, I love in the Wikipedia article, so she's known as the Queen of Sufi Music, or another name she's known by is Living Legend of Pakistan. (laughs) I love that. I know, right? Um, And she is, so she was born in 1954, and God bless her, she's still going strong as a woman, so she's still alive. And um, obviously, because she was just presented the award, um, and she does a lot of work with Coke Studio, and a lot, and she like either helps in composition or herself performs a lot in the Coke Studio thing. So, actually, a suggestion for listeners if Gavali and this general art form, like, more subcontinent style music is something that you want to listen to an amazing project that started up i think about like six seven years ago now maybe more than that a decade or so now that was like the 14th season or something it's it's incredible yeah it's called coke studio and you can find this on youtube spotify whatever streaming services and basically they just um you know perform all of these kinds of um songs and music and in fact, one a regular guest on it is Rahat Fateri Khan, who is Nusrat Fateri Khan's nephew. And I actually saw Rahat Fateri Khan perform live when I was younger. Me and my parents, he came to Birmingham on one of his tours, and me and my parents went to watch him live. So that was very cool. You know, I think my parents went. went really? When he, well, yeah, but sadly, I was not given a ticket. I agree. I'm really sad because I don't know, like, I feel like there's a lot of discussion to be had about a child, a second generation or a third generation's child's relationship to their culture, like, throughout their life. Because, like, it's just a thing that, like, when you're younger, like, you almost, like, force yourself to have a disinterest in it or, like, in a way like I I remember when he came he did the tour and like 
my parents got the tickets to see him the, I think the only reason I agreed to go along is because I was doing the Rotary Award because I'm a nerdy child at school and it's basically like a soft version of DFE for 10 year olds and in it I had to like go to a cultural performance and write about it and it just like lined up that I could go to that and then write about it which is the only reason I went but like now I would I would be so enthusiastic to go and I would love to go and listen to it and properly be able to appreciate it yeah okay you like my understanding as a child of this like music or anything culture was very much passive rather than active yeah um Whereas now it's definitely become a much more active thing, but I wish it could have been both back then. Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. I totally agree. So that is mainly all of my information about the Gavali world. And now, I mean, I guess, do you want to listen to one together? Obviously, we can't play it to the people, but I was... Listen to Afrina Fien. I love that one took the words out my mouth I was just gonna suggest that's one of my faves as well <laughs> okay okay wait I'm gonna like pause this I've unpaused the recording now so we can discuss I was reading along so I don't know if we mentioned it before I paused it we listened to Arfleen Arfleen um Arden Coach Studio I don't know if I mentioned it but I was reading the lyrics like the translation of the lyrics alongside it and I I've never fully understood what the translation of the lyrics are, but wow, this is a love song. Yeah. Wow. It's gorgeous. It's it's so imp- it's incredible because like I'm thinking about how we both know the song and like we both have I mean certain memories like attached to these songs. Mm-hmm. Um, like any kind of like music that we would listen to with our parents whilst we were in the car or something, or, like if we were at a wedding or whatnot. And like we know the context in which these songs be played and we know like so much about like our own personal memories or like how these songs affect these communities, but just like getting down to the base lyrics, which often like diaspora kids don't fully understand, it's it's just like com- completely impressive. It's an added layer. Yeah. And it just makes me think so much about how like the language is such a gateway to Honestly. Um, guys, learn as many languages as possible in your lifetime. Clicks to give the listeners a taste of the kind of like imagery that the song is trying because it's so Afrin Afrin is like a love song about like beauty and like the description of like a beautiful woman. Um, and like just in the first verse part of the translation is hers is the beauty of scented moonlight hers is the beauty of a haunting melody hers is the beauty of a blossoming garden hers is the beauty of the first light of dawn oh and my favorite bit was when it says um oh where is it her face is an artist's thought and also its translation Imagine somebody singing that to you, man. I'd, that was beautiful. I yeah, it would be too much. I'd be so overwhelmed. I'd be like, okay, let's calm down a bit, Mark. <laughs> yeah. And that's incredible because I, I would never think of even making that 
a kind of comparison. Mm. Because for us, and I suppose, drinking is a very specific kind of culture, and, it's, and it varies so much from culture to culture. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And the metaphors are very representative of what mm-hmm. like, it means to this community. Yeah. Yeah, I know. I feel like we could do a whole episode about. Well, no, it perhaps wouldn't. It perhaps wouldn't be an episode for Asia's aunties that we could do a whole discussion about the interesting relationship that Islam has both with alcohol and music, and how these kind of cultural practices defy common misconceptions about Islam and stuff. Yeah. What a time, God. Diwali is really amazing, and I really not to to circle back to the beginning of the episode i'm so sorry dad but like i didn't appreciate it when i was younger so i think that's everything we are 40 minutes into this so oh god maybe we should start wrapping up so next week um i i can't i can't do the jumpy music that would be way too way too i think geographically close Mm. and we are global yes queen Very good. And we'll we'll vibe with some Latin American music. I'm very excited for that. Yeah, what exactly? I don't know, but we'll find out. That's the journey, am I right, kids? But yeah, I hope that you're looking forward to the season as much as I am. This has really reinvigorated me. I'm so ready to learn more things. It's going to be a good time. And yeah, so until then, congratulations to coming season four with us. (laughs) Indeed. And we will sticking with us for this long. See you again next time. Bye. Audience. Bye. Bye. This audio was brought to you by Manvir Dob and Asia Iftikar. We don't know much to say the least. But if you would like to share your thoughts, knowledge, criticisms, fan mail. Then pop us an email at audaciousaunties at gmail.com.